Hello, welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Yes, it's me. That's uh, my voice is taking is the worst for wear after a couple of days of being sick. But nevertheless, I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast I have coming up. So today on the show, I have Jonathan Kessel of Cascades Financial Solutions. Cascades is a financial planning software that is specifically focusing on the niche of financial decumulation and optimizing around which accounts you take money out when in order to maximize your probability of success. And with that, here's my interview with Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Jason. How are you? Very well. Thanks for taking the time today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So Jonathan Kessel of Cascades Financial Solutions, tell us about Cascades. Cascades is a uh, a tool for retirement income planners and uh, the Canadian public at large. What it is at its essence is a retirement income calculator that demonstrates the value of planning advice by revealing the income tax savings of competing withdrawal strategies. So breaking that down a little bit, we've tried to um, build a tool that is easy to use and intuitive, a questionnaire that collects information in a guided fashion. Uh, And then we solve for an after-tax level retirement income from a wide variety of possible sources. And then we take that after-tax level income and we run it through three competing withdrawal strategies, uh, deaccumulation strategies, in order to see if there's any tax differences between those competing strategies. And often we find that there is. And when we're able to demonstrate and illustrate that in a nice, easy fashion to a client, we add a lot of value to the conversation and we often start that income conversation based on the results. Excellent. So we're going to dive into that in a minute. Tell us about the history of the company and how you came to work there. Sure. So I'm I'm an advisor. Uh, I've been an advisor since 2010. I came into the business uh, with a mentor and my business partner, Ian Moyer. I started in Ingersoll, just outside of London here, and we entered into a succession plan. So um, we had a five-year deal for me to purchase his practice. And uh, after that five-year deal closed in 2016, we have sort of a 10-year period of which we're in the uh, third year of this year. So in sort of coming on board with Ian back in 2010, we, I had to ramp up, get licensed, and, and get trained. And part of the training was for us to take the process of the business here called the ENC Moyer Insurance Agency and boil it down to give me a track to run on. So in doing that, we came up with a, a pretty refined process. We proceeded to refine that. And we actually hired a student from McGill during one, one summer. I think it was in 2013. And uh, not, not from a financial planning perspective, but from a computer science perspective. And we were able to utilize the student to build a number of calculators for us, very simple calculators like sequence of returns, illustrators, and things like that. And it it just sort of kept getting more and more additions and modules added on to the point where uh, we were able to enter in a number of incomes and it would project for us. Then we had them design a questionnaire in Excel to take the input in a nice, easy fashion. We added couples. We were able to income split. We made the federal and provincial tax brackets. Um, We expanded to the full tax brackets so that we can make little changes and see the effects of different changes, for example. And it just sort of snowballed over the the course of about four years. Uh, You went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we did. And we're still in there in that rabbit hole. And we we got it to a point where we kind of deliver it to other advisors. It was an Excel spreadsheet, but it was still very useful. We tried to do that, but we ran into a bunch of friction points, I guess, in trying to get people and to use it on an operating system that maybe didn't have their macro set properly or whatever. So, so we oh, kind of... No. Uh, it's a little more trouble no, than trying to run software from Excel repeatedly <laughs> and at, at scale. It was, 
Yeah, and we didn't know what we were doing. We we're making it up as we go along. So, so that was a frustrating experience. But we ended up solving that problem by creating a very nice looking questionnaire on our website for people to visit and make their inputs. We would get an email in our inbox and then we would crunch away on the Excel spreadsheet, build the report and then turn around and send it back to the advisor as a concierge service. And that's sort of how we, we validated what we wanted to do. So that was like our, our minimum viable product idea. So we did that for about a year until uh, we had some, some positive media exposure in the Financial Post, which, which led to some more validation, some more interested parties that gave us the confidence to proceed and develop it. So then uh, uh, last, last November through to January, we had it all written up in a cloud-based module hosted by Amazon and infinitely scalable. And, and that's sort of where we are today. So we took delivery of that uh, earlier this year, basically last month. And uh, we're pressing forward and reopening all those conversations back from October. Excellent. So let's talk about what the experience of using the software looks like and you know, what it is we're trying to solve for here. Sorry, what, what, is it, what is it like using the software? Yeah. Like, so basically, the advisor logs in. What's their experience look like? What's the output and, and that solution to the, to the client? So what is, what is the value you're providing through the software after the going through this experience? Yeah. So you sign up, you get an account, you can come to Cascades fs.com you log in you come to a dashboard if it's your first time visiting you'd see you know there's no save plans yet so you'd simply press new plan you'd be brought to the default questionnaire is a very slick guided questionnaire where where it'll just ask you questions there's 10 main questions and if you say yes to some of them they'll drill down to some sub questions and it'll ask you things like are you retired? Yes or no. If you aren't retired, when do you want to retire and what might your employment income be so we can set your RSP deductions and things like that? Do you have an employer pension? Will you be collecting CPP and old age security? Can you detail your RSP or your, your locked-in retirement account from a previous employer? All along the way, as you make your way through this questionnaire, one question at a time, there's some helpful hints along the side if you're not sure how much to reduce a CPP or uh if you're going to be taking it early, there's some helpful information there. You know, what's the difference between eligible or non-eligible dividends from a private corporation? You know, so we're, we're trying to provide some, some helpful hints along the way. There's also a quick start form where if you've been there and you've done that and you just want to get a quick report done, you can click the quick start form and you'll just get all the questions on one page, like a, like a more traditional form. And you can just input what you know for your client and generate report. So at that point, when you generate a report, you can solve for the maximum income from all sources. So, you know, it's possible for someone to have eight to 12 sources of income in retirement per spouse, because you have uh, CPP, OLA security, employer pensions, mm -hmm. RSPs, tax-free savings, non-registered interest tax gains, all that kind of stuff. So it really, really adds up. And we don't know what the maximum income you can get from all those sources is. So one option is to solve for that so that you can, you can solve for that unknown. And then there's another option that lets you solve for a level, a level income. So usually you would solve for the maximum first. And sometimes folks will say, wow, I didn't know I had that much income. We only really needed this. And you can go back in and solve for that level income instead. And at that point, the difference between their software income and the max would generate an estate. And then you can move on to some other questions of what do you do with that money? But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, the, the result, I mean, from what you've shown me, what I can see, 
is not only, I mean, the real goal here is to just try to optimize for what fund, what, what types of accounts by taxable nature you're drawing from at any given time in order to maximize your probability of success and the state. Is that not correct? That's correct. And we're, we're trying to open that conversation to say, does it matter which assets I spend first and which I spend last? And, and often the answer is yes, it does matter. To what degree is, is the unknown that Cascade solve? So when we're sitting in front of clients and they're not sure what the max income is or, or what priority of withdrawal it is, but they're already doing a certain strategy, they're already on this track. If they get a result that's different from the track they're on that shows a really positive difference, it ends up, it ends up having a real impact on the relationship with the client. Yeah. And I mean, it, it seems like, you know, to some people, it sounds like a pedantic thing, but too often, more, more often than not, I find that questions like this are handled through almost BS rules of thumb that seem to be floating out and floating around there in the blogosphere in this, or in the media or in the media. But the reality is, and you'll attest to this, you know, life does not, cannot be summed up by rules of thumb until we actually model these things in financial planning software. You don't realize, or you don't get to see or understand just to the degree to which these can make enormous changes to people's lives and expectations. I totally subscribe to that thought. This is what we're trying to do. So as an advisor myself, the ability to create a baseline case and then go back in and make a minor change and see a butterfly effect result, hasn't, we haven't been able to do, do that before. And that's why us as advisors created it for us. We, we built it for ourselves. So I, I agree with everything you said there for sure. Yeah. So, so saying sometimes I'll, uh, oftentimes when I do things for various newspapers in the country and I'll suggest a strategy where the RSP gets drawn down, like say at age 55, if they retired 55 and people are freaking out, like, why would you do that? You know, you don't do it until 71. The number, number of emails I get right. from random people asking this question. It's like, the goal is not to minimize your tax bill in any one given year. The goal is to minimize your lifetime tax bill while simultaneously resulting in the largest possible state. And if you don't want to live in a state, that's fine. It just means you get more to consume if you follow that strategy. Yeah, it's true. And, and I think what, where a lot of people fall short on this, to your point, is they forget about the estate tax and say, yeah, if you're deferring an account to 71 and you're taking the minimum and yep. the minimum amount is four or 5%, you're making four or 5%, it's not going to deplete. And yep. it doesn't deplete. And the last death of two married people results in a tax bill to the kids. And I think when that's illustrated and included into this, into this equation, it's often a different story. It was once best practices for us not to have seatbelts in a car. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, so best practices are great, right? But best, best practices change. Yeah. And the fact is, and the premise on which uh, we built Cascades is, you know, over a thousand people are retiring every day in Canada. And uh, among them are the advisors that have most of the experience. And our industry doesn't have, at this time, a very robust training mechanism to carry that torch on to the younger advisor to help retirees at this most important time of their lives. The deaccumulation planning problem or, or, you know, the solve is a lot harder, in my opinion, than the accumulation you well, there's, if there's I, less if I margin know. for error, quite honestly. I mean, like you, you missed it before, you know, something goes wrong before you had the wrong funds or whatever it is. You, you're still working. You had the potential to basically save more, work longer, whatever it is. You, uh, you screw this up and someone's in their 90s and they're running out of money. It's, it's not a good place to be. That's right. If I'm 40 years old and I, I know I'm going to retire at 65 and I'm saving X amount of dollars each year under a certain tolerance, I know 
within the ballpark of where I'll be at 65, given those assumptions. Right. At 65, with my nest egg looking out to retirement, I can't say I can spend X amount of dollars and die at 90. I can't say I can die at 90. So how do you solve for that? Yeah. And it goes beyond that. The number, and you know, maybe this goes to financial literacy or the more complicated concept of taxation literacy. But I mean, the number of people I've seen who retire early, let's call it 60 or earlier because of whatever DB plan they have. And, you know, they're living off, let's call it 50, 60,000 between two people, but they have large sizable RSPs in someone's name. And it's, and you're looking at this thing, well, you're income splitting this. You guys are both at the lowest tax bracket federally. We could totally take out 20,000 from your RSP and basically have you pay 20 cents on the dollar. But if you don't do that now, later on, it's going to go up to like 35. And, you know, these are wasted opportunities. And this is not something that gets trained into the industry because, again, too much of a focus on product sales, not enough on solutions. But I often say to myself, like, these are, these are the wasted opportunities and the incredible opportunities for, for Gamma that we're not providing if we don't pay attention to it. Right. You know, and we're late. We're late. We're a little bit late to the party because this wave is here and probably 15 to 20 years long. Uh, so as the boomer generation retires and continues in many cases in the mid-market to defer registered savings, we find a lot of cases where that's not the way to go. So we're, we're trying to get cascades out into the hands of advisors at this point. And it's new, and, and uh, we hope to have it out there to give everybody well, in, in, in even worse than the that, concepts. I'll go. I'll go further to say that I know various financial institutions that, you know, lock them up to the state, which banks it are, they are, but that literally lock down their financial planning softwares and the default, you cannot change the, the uh, conversion date from 71. Like they basically assume that that's when it starts and they don't want the planner play with that. And so you, you think about it, like structurally, some people are just not able to properly give the right advice. So your tool, like, I like to think of your tool as one of these kind of newer emerging types of financial planning softwares I see out there. You're not trying to build the be-all, end-all financial planning software with all the widgets. You're tackling one very specific niche problem, and that is decumulation. And it's interesting because I see you as part of a bigger trend. And I think you do it pretty well in this presentation. Can you tell me about like the strategy comparison and what the output looks like so that people can get an idea for what the result looks like? Yeah, so uh, the first thing you see are these three, as, as an advisor put it to me last week, these three beautiful circles. And the circles are just these donut charts. Um, green, you know, is good. <laughs> Yellow is warning and red is do not go. So um, the three strategies being registered uh, first, non-registered money second is the non-registered money second and tax-free savings first. So that's the, would be the registered first strategy. And what, what it's aiming to do is just, no matter what, make sure that there's no registered money to, left to the estate. So it gets depleted uh, before mortality. Uh, the second strategy switches non-registered money to the first and allows that to come out first. And if there's registered money required to get you up to that solve for level income, then it will take it. And then it leaves the, the tax-free savings last still. The third strategy is the maximum deferral. So we use our non-registered first, we use our tax-free savings second, and we leave our registered money last. So we're trying to use our most tax-efficient funds first and leave that registered money last. We've seen each of those strategies win. And the number of cases that come through as, as advisors, we know that every case is unique. You know, spouses aren't always the same age. They're years apart, you know, and we handle all that. There's income splitting to be taken care of. There's uh, only security clawbacks and pension credits. So all of these complicating factors along with just the sheer number of incomes mm -hmm. being solved for and presented in these three circles to say, which direction should you be leaning towards? And then it goes on based on the winning strategy to give you a picture of, okay, what did those, each of those strategies do 10 years before and after the average mortality? 
and we have the mortality tables built into this. We give you a summary of, okay, what's the gross taxable income? And how do we reconcile that to the after-tax and savings disposable income you get to spend that we're solving for? And it's that number that's level throughout the entire projection. Side note is we do have an update coming this week where you'll be able to shape that level income. Next, uh, you'll see your investment accounts. And it's just a simple line chart, very easy to explain to clients. And if it's a registered first strategy, it might look something like a small accumulation period, you know, 55 to 60 or 65. And then you'll see the red line, the registered money come down as the tax-free savings are accumulating. And then once the registered money is depleted, we then start taking from non-registered and tax-free savings next. And you'll see these cascading lines of one account being used as another accumulates and then it will deplete while another accumulates and then it'll deplete. And that's really how we got this idea of cascades. So yeah, from, from no there, we give our, I guess that's, uh, that explains itself now. Yeah, there's many examples of how money cascades. So, so it's a very fitting name. One thing I want to point out too is, is we give a roadmap. So we have, uh, we have this chart that's just basically a, a bar chart that's squashed together and it'll, it'll show you what streams of income you have in any one year. And when you get this report online and you can scroll over it with your mouse, it'll show you in any year in any of the projection what money comes from which account. And again, you'll see in a registered first strategy, you'll see that registered bar end as the yellow bar starts, the non-registered, and then you'll see it end as the, the green tax-free savings starts. And a lot of the times, that's the strongest illustration of the value of advice is, is when we find those cases where you know, someone's 69 and hasn't ripped yet. And we go through this, this strategy comparison and say, you know what, if you riff now, you save a lot of money. If you had riffed five years earlier, right, or, or whenever, it would just be that much better. So if you like me and you like the value of my advice so clearly demonstrated here, would you let me implement this plan for you? And, and that's really where we're, we're strengthening the relationships with our clients. We're, we're doing this remotely, so it's always harder not to jump on each other. But uh, you know, yeah. it's so counterintuitive to the client in so many cases because you know if they're trying to hit a certain target income and you're using registered registered savings first strategy, then you know, you're taking out more money than you would in alternative scenarios, right? Like you're showing them, no, no, you actually have to take out more money and pay more tax in this year, year than you have the option to. But down the road, that makes the most sense. It is counterintuitive and it's scary and. <laughs> I, we, we've had a lot of conversations with this recent correction and volatility in the market to say, you know, human nature really in, in the accumulation phase is to buy high and sell low. Everybody says everything's great. I should get into the market. I should buy. And yeah. then when we get a 15% correction, well, yeah. well, human nature says sell, sell, sell. Chicken little's yeah. crying and the sky is falling and it's never going to stop. The counterintuitive approach is to buy low and sell high. And that's in the accumulation phase. And registered first, Fisher's registered last, is sort of akin to that, that feeling in the accumulation stage. It seems counterintuitive to rip off your own Band-Aid and pay those taxes early in smaller chunks over a longer period of time. But when you mm-hmm. add up the numbers, when you add it's up the numbers, special. it makes sense. I mean, it's a test that we do in every plan we do in our office. Simply, we start with the default of 71, and we'll, we'll test it, you know, to what, when the retirement date is. And it's, it's not a hard calculation. You look at two factors. What's the estate result, and what's the um, probability of success based on the Monte Carlo analysis? And frankly, more often than not, it actually increases the probability of success. So for those advisors not out there doing as robust a planning and need something like a simpler, more straightforward tool, you guys are a great little option for them. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know what? The vast majority of Canadians, I think, that are retiring in droves, 
aren't seeing that value of advice that they need to see. So as we get into lower fees and MERs and we leave the management to the institutions, it'll be the advisors who use tools like this and others other tools as well. Um, well let's face facts. You know, part of the reason we're seeing the pressure on fees the way we are. I mean, some of it's rightly so. You know, someone's hammering down the suppliers. But a big part of it is simply that, you know, in the absence of the concept of value, then the, the price is a question. And frankly, you know, the days of I'm the advisor and I'm going to be with you once a year for 10 minutes and tell you which funds you're going to buy this year. I mean, those days, frankly, should have ended a long time ago, but they're certainly coming to an end now. It certainly seems so, doesn't it? So here, here we are. The ocean is receding. <laughs> and we find out who's wearing the swim, the swim shorts, right? Yeah. yeah so, exactly. you know, I, I forget the exact wording of that, but you get the point. Yeah. Here, here we are. So, who has the ability to provide value and who doesn't? And yep. it's, it's a hard thing to illustrate because in the decumulation phase, the, the complicating factors being the, the tax code and the volume of the different types of income and how they're all treated differently for tax. And without a ha- having a tool to solve for that, that's really why we created this. So, you know, we, and, you know so how just, do you just, deal with income splitting? I mean, there's that. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Everything questions like down to asset location. I mean, you hear, you know, you read a lot of the, the, the big thing all the retirees love is getting paid dividends. Well, how many dividends, how many of those retirees have those dividends push them unnecessarily into the OIS clawback zone because they're not, you know, they're getting earmarked at more than a dollar per dividend, right? They're getting, they're getting grossed up. And people, it's right. amazing how many clients just don't realize that their little favorite payments they're receiving on a quarterly basis are actually taking away more tax than they should if they were in a different account. So there's there's so many ways to screw this up, so many ways to optimize that frankly, you know, I actually say the opposite. I think there's a tremendous number of ways for advisors to demonstrate value, just not the ways they've been conventionally thinking to demonstrate value. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What we created this for for ourselves selfishly that appears to be useful to other people is that I can I can go in and, and make that change to that dividend income and mm-hmm. see if there is an effect on all day security. Yep. So I can I can calculate it in front of the client in 10 seconds, given all those sources of income and demonstrate, you know, and we couldn't do that before. In our old MVP product, we would put in the couple's data in this huge uh, VBA Excel spreadsheet and it would take an hour and 20 minutes to crunch. Um, so, so now that we, <laughs> oh I, I kid you not, I kid you not, you know, it's so oh, complex. I know what like, like. Yeah, there's no one module in Cascades that is, rocket science, that's for sure. Each little part is self-explanatory and it's all publicly available on the CRA website. But when you start putting all these little modules together and integrating and having them relate to each other and to try and decide, well, what do you do when the spouses are 15 years apart and one wants to retire on time and one, one's going to work for the other 15 years? These types of problems, are, you know, these real life problems of every unique case how do you deal with those things? Well, you know, we, we've created a little solution for ourselves so that we can we can solve for that easily. Yeah, good. So we're coming up to about half an hour, which is where we should start up with the wrap up questions. So I got three questions I typically ask people. Feel free to answer however you please. But uh, the first one is, uh, if you had one wish for something you can change with your company, the industry, whatever it might be, what would it be? I wish for the industry, we had a robust mentorship program to connect those advisors that are thinking of hanging it up and with all that knowledge and connect them with the young guys coming in, something a little bit more formal, perhaps through one of the associations, but it's helped me so much. I I wish that that could be um, modeled and bottled up and labeled and, and given to everybody. I think it would be great. Excellent. Second question in forming, you know, building the software and forming this company, what was the biggest challenge that you faced? 
we've done this all ourselves. So we, we didn't, we didn't take any, I think trash has their way in this business of making their money. And I think everybody gets used to a certain try to make the move is very different. Regardless of the, very hard. It is, it is, it is. Change is hard and change into a space like decumulation with having to know the tax code a little bit better and things like that. It's, it's not the easiest move, but it's just so necessary. So, you know, we've had to have some resolve to stick with this in the face of some of that adversity. And really what's kept us going is the fact that we have just regular everyday do-it-yourself Canadians that are Googling and searching us out and paying for our service every day. So they're the boss. So the boss is telling us that they need this tool. So we're going we're gonna to keep at it. Well, for any advisors who aren't paying attention to that statement, clients are telling us they need it. So that's, uh, that's it. And the last thing is, uh, last question is, what excites you the most about what you're working on, the company, the industry in general? What gets you out of bed every morning to keep going at this? Specifically with Cascades, we have a great development path set out. So as we proceed, I can see where having this built on APIs, we can, we can take in data from, from differing architecture and platforms. We can create widgets and calculate these things as an overlay to be able to get everybody a sense of what it is. We can get everybody using it and solve some of these basic problems we talked about today. But I think the next step is for us to communicate the information back to the carriers and back through the CRMs and back through everything and really shoot these milestones that we're creating in Cascades back to the carriers to say, John's retiring next year and Sally's starting CPP this year. And this group policy has got to come out and creating these agendas for the advisor so that they can have their annual meetings with these milestones at the ready. And just the way that everything's sort of coming to that, where you have your robo-advisor platforms, you have digital MGAs like Fineo, and then you have all these other little modular tools like ours that are, are built with APIs. They can all speak with each other. And I'm really getting excited to see all that tie together. And we're not there yet, but I think I'll see it. Yeah, no, that's one of the things that kind of excites me is see how this stuff is all going to piggyback off each other quite well. And you mentioned the magic word of API. It's interesting. It's just a matter of time before um, the right financial planning softwares come along that allow everybody to tie into them and let, let them you know, piggyback, right? I mean, it would be nice if you could tie your software into a more robust planning software so people can use both and then use you for the specialized niche and vice versa. So, so yeah, I look forward to that day too. But uh, Jonathan, thank you very much. This has been great. And I encourage everybody to check you out. What's the website again? It's uh, Cascades ss.com. Perfect. Thank you. Just You're very welcome. Time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jonathan Kessel and Cascades Financial Solutions. I encourage any advisor who works in the planning space and has clients who are over 65, which is probably all of us, to take a good hard look at what they're doing, especially if you're not doing more robust financial planning. This is a great solution that will help you provide great value to your clients. And with that, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave your review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.